I'm back guys I have not recorded oh to be completely honest with you with the way I feel about it I don't even want to see how long it's been since I've recorded anything <clears throat> and I have every excuse obviously um, I think it life man life gets in the way I got I want to say I got super sick in December and which I did I mean I was sick literally so sick the last second half of December but I hadn't recorded for months before that either and <clears throat> it's a uh, it's a tough thing to finally look at it and see the reasons why you're not doing what you want to do to get to where you want to be but we all have these moments and these wake-up calls and I guess a big one for me was uh, I got sick I started playing a particular video game that I have a history with that is incredibly addicting and I think I think my awareness with that game uh, is kind of what pulled me out of it and pulled me back into reality. So I, I basically started playing this game again called Ark. Uh, I mean, it's going to sound stupid to a lot of people, but it's a legit game. Like, I, to this day, it's one of the best games ever. <clears throat> but basically, I got super addicted to this game, and I started playing... I first started playing, and I'd play a little bit every day, a couple hours. And then I had the awareness at the time to be like, all right, I'm playing too much. And... uh <coughs> I started to pretty much just play on the weekends. Um, maybe I'd hop on for like 30 minutes right when I got home to just do something on the game and take care of something. Uh, but fuck, I was so addicted. Uh, again, and that's because I already have a history with it, right? So it would have taken me a little bit to get addicted to it if I had never played it before. But since I have a history with it, there's patterns already in my brain with this game and I just turned them back on for a little bit and so this is just about a month period pretty much January <coughs> um, and so I just started playing on the weekends and during the weekends I would binge and this is a particularly uh, nostalgic thing for me to do I I love staying up late on the weekends I mean I love staying up late every night and playing video games if I could but I've grown up a little bit um, and so I would play till like 2 in the morning on the weekends and then which means I would sleep till like 8 or 9 which really isn't that bad compared to how it was when I was younger I'd stay up till 4 or 5 and sleep till 3 in the afternoon uh, so I'd, I'd stay up till 2 in the morning playing, which would put me a couple hours behind on my normal routine on the weekends. And then I'd get up on the weekends, and I'd, I'd rush through. I, this is the thing. I kept my habits. Like, I would clean. I would work out. And then I would rush through all of my to-do list and just to play video games. So then I'd get on on the weekend. I'd go eat lunch with my wife, I'd come back, I'd play for another four hours, my wife would hang out. Once she fell asleep, because she works the next day normally, it's like I'd play again till two in the morning. 
and then during the week I wouldn't play at all but during the week this almost like created a filter through which I saw everything in my that happened during the day would go through this filter of what I was truly focused on which was this video game so if something put me behind you know and I couldn't play it would get a, it would like go through this filter of how is this going to affect me playing you know or or in the there's a good connection with recovery I mean this is the same thing the only thing that's different is there's no chemical dependence right uh, it's the behavior like this is the same thing that happens when we're addicted to a drug and everything is filtered through is this going to take me closer or farther away from getting high again? Uh, so basically, it made me really like anxious, and all, even my wife said on edge, you know, because this game—it's a demanding game, right? Like you either play it fully or you suck at it, and I can't put energy into into something that I'm not good at. It's like, or I can't put energy into something that. Uh, I can't put energy into something if I'm not going to be good at it. It's one of my worst character flaws. It's the reason I quit playing basketball. It's the reason, maybe, uh, maybe the reason that I just am realizing this, maybe the reason I quit doing drugs is because I couldn't do it good enough, at least sustainably, right? And I think that's the reason we all do we all quit is that we can't sustainably do it and this is what I'm realizing with this video game even if I just play it on the weekends these these patterns in my head fire off I, it's like almost down to where I can physically feel it which isn't true your brain doesn't have any nerves I'm not feeling anything in my head right it's you can't feel anything up there it's it's something appearing in consciousness right I'm noticing it and therefore it's it's psychosomatic, it's coming from my brain. My thoughts are creating the stimulation on certain parts of my brain. So, um, I tried to do the just on the weekend thing, playing this game, and my whole week it was just a buildup of like, I would think about it, like this is what I'm gonna do, we have to plan to do this, we have to do this, you know, we have to get this materials for this, and uh, Essentially, I just realized like it was taking away. It would just build up all week and then this explosion on the weekend. And you don't realize it until you're out of it, but it's really hard to understand how much energy it's taking from you, whether you're physically doing it or not. Like I could, I could keep hold of the physical balance, meaning I could not play for a week just like I would literally it, it's almost like white knuckling it just don't play just don't play I was really aware this time going into playing this game again because in the past it literally I played it more than I worked I mean more than 40 hours a week I was playing this and I was working 40 hours a week too at one point you know, so I think the awareness I've developed has helped me see that I can keep the physical balance but the mental balance it's it's like my mind's stuck on this during the week. And uh, so I quit. I quit playing this game about a week and a half ago, probably. 
and within the last three days I have had an insane boost in my overall not only physical energy but my mind is now getting filtered through does this make me a better person or a worse person and what do I need to do to be a better person it's this filter that I spent a couple years building just being super obsessed with personal development and then I start playing this video game and since I have a limited amount of energy that energy that was firing off these patterns in my brain that was that had to do with becoming better and you know are now firing off with how do I get the upper hand in this video game I mean if anybody understands what this video game is you can look it up you basically start naked on a beach on a map and you build you keep your shit together and uh, build bases and tame dinosaurs and fucking kill everybody so it also had this competitive edge that like somebody would come fuck me up and it fueled this like oh, oh I, I would it, I would like keep it in my mind I would keep that character that killed me this dude whoever it is some person somewhere and I, and I would focus on it like dude I'm gonna fuck this guy up <laughs> and so I would stay up all night grinding whatever it may be to get materials to like get C4 and go to this dude's base and and destroy everything and so when he gets back online everything's gone courtesy of me it was this weird this weird vengeance you know that that drove me along with this ultimate desire to be the best at what I'm doing I've always had this flaw and I'm sure it serves me but it also hurts me so I think a lot of uh, the lower aspects of my nature were coming out because I was playing this video game and within the last week and a half everything is like freed up I just stopped playing this game and it took about a week for like a week I was like just I wanted to play I wanted to play I kept rationalizing it how how can I play like I can just just do this or just do this and I just came to this realization that like you can't man you can't sustainably play this game and it was such a weird connection to drugs and alcohol for me. You know, I can't sustainably do this. You know, maybe one day, and not even with drugs and alcohol, like I'm not saying that, but one day with this video game, I can sustainably do it. I think a lot of this awareness that I got from it was directly from meditation, you know, or at least just trying to become better. It's something that I think, I mean, I don't know where else it could have come from. I guess maybe just growing up, but you know, maybe that's, I'm sure there's a lot of people older, older than me who wouldn't have had this awareness that, you know, it took hold of me. You know, it's a video game, and this is gonna sound stupid to some people, but I'm sure you have that thing that takes hold of you when you're not doing drugs, when you're not drinking. Like, what are you doing too much? and you know you should stop, not do. Or at least manage how much you do it. There's, there's, that, there's that thing, and I think we all have that thing. And for me, it can be good things like exercise and, and working out. And, uh, well, exercise and working out are the same thing, obviously. But exercise, reading, writing, journaling, this obsession to, to become better that maybe doesn't have an 
instant reward like video games have but has a a meaningful reward that you might have to deliberately try to feel because a lot of times when you work out it doesn't feel good and you don't want to do it and a lot of times it feels great and it's about the days where you don't want to do it because those are more regular than the days you do want to do it and I don't think I have that ability to conjure up doing new things if my mind's attached to something like video games <coughs> I wouldn't say video games but particularly games like this or drugs and alcohol my mind doesn't have the ability to see things clearly uh, I have to have moments of clarity and then trust in those moments of clarity and kind of will myself through for instance this past week when I didn't want to play this or when I after I quit playing this game this urge to almost go play it so my thing with that is I'm basically going to keep playing video games but play games that don't have this progression that I get attached to you know like uh, it's a it's a game where you build and you keep going and you become better. It's not a game where I can hop on like Madden and play a football game and get off, or Rocket League play a game and get off, or even Call of Duty play a couple games of multiplayer and then get off. Like there's not as much of a addictive element to it, and of course there is still an addictive element to it, but I would say it's more to the connections I have with my friends who play, because. I, if they're not on, I don't play, you know, and that's not true with ARK. With ARK, I'll get on whether they're on or not and progress. So, you know, this is all about trying to maintain the physical balance is not the same as maintaining the, the mental balance. You know, you can, you can maintain a physical balance, and you can see this with drugs and alcohol. I mean, I'm sure you've said at one point, I'm just going to drink or use on the weekends and that didn't last or it didn't happen at all for me it almost it never happened at all <laughs> it's not like I had a weekend where I used and then I stayed a week clean and then a weekend where I, I never ever had that so these things are strong but I think that's the chemical dependence side of it that video games might not have so whether you think you can maintain a physical balance or not I don't think you can maintain a mental balance and I think that's something I've become increasingly aware of in everything I do is where is this energy going why and is it taking me closer to where I want to go or farther away anyway that was just something I want to share it wasn't anything I planned on talking about uh, I really wanted to to talk about this pink cloud uh, notion in recovery or the honeymoon period in recovery and I do have stuff written for this um, and I don't I really don't like reading things I like talking like I just was but I really want to stay on subject a little bit more with certain things so at least these podcasts can have titles um, and in the general outline of where they're going and maybe I might start every episode in the future with just an update on what's going on what I'm aware of what I'm trying to do and and maybe give you ideas of what you should try and be trying to do because I'm not doing this podcast for anything right now other than in my own discipline um, 
getting the idea machine running and that working machine running because I figure out a lot of the best things I've talked about come while I'm talking you know it's like a lot of philosophers will walk in order to like come up with ideas or think and this is because when a certain part of your brain is active when your brain's doing the when your body is kind of doing the familiar uh, and your which means your brain is and, and all really I mean your brain's doing certain things when you're walking and it keeps this area of your brain active and it almost allows for ideas to come more clearly so I, I like to be off the top of my head but this is a this is something I wrote and maybe I'll read it I wrote it a while ago this is the thing I have like multiple podcasts um, written and uh, I just haven't done them and I have no good reason why maybe within the, the past month for sure this game was taking me over but beyond that I got sick and then beyond that there was just I had an excuse when I first started I wanted to get better equipment I'm sure you guys still sound or you still hear the sound it's like there's a there's a background noise beyond my voice um, pretty much constantly and I want to get two mics working at once and I, I haven't progressed in doing that at all and that's what I was talking about doing um, that which gave me the initial break that got me out of routine doing this podcast uh, so look I can come up with any excuses but this is generally just what happened and I have these moments where I come back and I see something like uh, I see something more clear and, and it motivates me to, to record so this is just the pink cloud the honeymoon phase of recovery and the more I think about this the more I I think of recovery tropes the more I kind of get upset that people either aren't being genuine with the reality of what this is or maybe they're they think they're being genuine but they don't understand what the pink cloud is and I, I was definitely ignorant and coming into recovery people would tell me oh once you get sober you're gonna be um, so happy you know and it was disgust with me you know and I definitely felt it super early in recovery at least the first six months were really amazing and I told people I was happy I told people I was vibrant and felt incredibly alive and that I couldn't imagine using again <clears throat> the crazy thing was it wasn't a lie I really believed this and I felt this way at the time and sometimes I still do in different ways if I'm not practicing humility or actively understanding that just if I feel good right now doesn't mean I'm not gonna feel bad at other times and I have to fight patterns in me of acting when I'm feeling bad but in any event now in hindsight after six and a half years of not using or drinking I've kind of realized that the pink cloud is just sheer contrast right <clears throat> the contrast between what we were doing and what that may consciously or unconsciously mean for our future and what we're doing now and what that could mean for our future right so it's literally when you're getting high after getting high and drinking for so long it becomes an idea of who you are and you stop acting because you don't believe you can do anything because really I mean uh, coming from an opiate addict I couldn't travel you know and I'm sure you've 
I couldn't be around certain people for certain periods of time or they would figure out what was going on. I couldn't, you know, like, it wasn't sustainable, let alone I was going downhill so quickly. It was like, it was basically just survival every day. So you have this old life of like almost never doing anything, not believing in yourself, having this idea of you that you can't do anything, certainly not get sober. Uh, and then you get sober, right? It's this 30-day process or whatever where at least you get the drugs and the alcohol out of your system and it's literally nothing in your past versus everything. Everything opens up. I mean, you hear this all the time when people get sober. They're going to go back to school. They're going to do this. They're going to get a job. They're going to get an apartment. They're going to get their f family back. And it's because it's such a contrast between the, from the life that they had just been leading and what they thought about themselves. You know what? While I was addicted to heroin, my life was about heroin. Even though I tried to keep up with other things and stay in school and progress in life. Many times even going back to the gym for a day or two just to try to get back into it under the illusion that I could do this while still addicted to heroin. The more I did this, the more I learned nothing came before drinking and using. <coughs> it was survival and to me, unconsciously and sometimes consciously life or death right waking up and trying to get high which in the end leads to me doing nothing except the drugs so all of a sudden you kind of kick this monkey off your back for a few weeks this shifts your identity and people don't realize this so this is kind of a subconscious thing it shifts your identity anytime you do something you didn't believe you could do your identity shifts and you start kind of again I think consciously and unconsciously imagining what else you could do and the best way I can explain this is like I see older guys in treatment sometimes and they might not know their identity shifting but I, I, I'll pass the little gym area and they'll be in there just moving like trying to work out and it's so crazy to me that these guys are trying to work out it's awesome and I push it a lot but they might not know their identity is changing, but their actions are showing that their identity is changing, right? Why else would they go into the gym unless they knew, hey, maybe that something could, that I could do this every day and get, become better, you know? So if you can imagine living a life reserved to nothingness for however long you've been addicted and, and stuck in this cycle of misery and within two weeks or a month, or, or maybe it takes a, a little bit longer for you to hit your pink cloud, be imagining everything. You know, your life shifts from nothing to everything with generally endless possibilities in front of you. It makes you feel alive, you know? I, I mean, I, I always equated it early in recovery to, to feeling like a baby, you know? And the more I know now about Jung and what he talked about and, and psychoanalytic thinking is that the purpose in life is to become a child again and early in recovery I was a child and it felt so amazing you know but here's the thing the longer you're sober the farther back that contrast is right you start adapting to the life you have and you get a job and and bills start coming and you just start going and the longer you do this the more likely you are to feel 
feel uh, trapped and all of a sudden the possibilities don't seem as endless as they once did because basically you're just stuck in the cycle of okay I gotta work I gotta pay bills because I gotta keep what I've made right and you start it almost becomes survival again right and you have responsibilities and you've come this far and you'd better hold on to it and most addicts and alcoholics can only do this so long before an ima before imagining the possibility of using again you know and after all they're doing relatively well and how they relative to how they used to do at least and there's no way they could get back into using like they did in the past you know so I've had some realizations one sec let me get a drink <coughs> So I've had some realizations in uh, when I start feeling really well in life versus when I'm not feeling well and, and what I'm doing and what, uh, what could be the reasons for feeling really good or not feeling good. And I found that I feel better the more active I am in actively pursuing growth. And I think I've realized I've experienced a lot of pink clouds and they're not just not using drugs, right? <clears throat> so, how do you combat um, this pink cloud ending, which it'll always end. It, it, the pink cloud for a lot of people, and they just don't call it the pink cloud, is good things happening in life. They feel better about life. But these are almost random events. They're not events they're creating, right? Like. I mean, a, a crazy example is winning the lottery and how happy people are there. But you can see, with a lot of studies, I mean, how much unhappier they are a year later. And, and this sheer contrast is what makes it seem like you're on a pink cloud after you win the lottery. Or, you know, after you get a good job, one that increases your identity and tells you what else you can do. But eventually you're just trying to hold on to that job, if that makes any sense. Um, it's the pink cloud of, or the honeymoon phase. Again, a honeymoon phase is the same thing. Like, this happens with people. You, you could be single for 10 years of your life and all of a sudden meet somebody and life is 100% different. It's just, it's because for the first time in 10 years, you're validated for who you are. And that increases your self-esteem, which makes you think you could do more things, which makes you try to do more things, which makes you feel better. And, and we're confused at, at what makes us happy or motivated or feel good in life and what doesn't. <coughs> it's pretty, to me, it's really simple. So how you combat this, instead of waiting for randomness to happen in life, go out and chase the good feeling. Do you think you can work out? You know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think if you thought you could work out, you'd probably be working out. So these might not be conscious beliefs. So you could, the reason you could not be exercising is that you don't believe it's worth it or that you're worth it. And you might not even know that this is what you believe, but you act as if it's true because you are not exercising. You know, so if you just committed yourself with your will, like I did for the past week with not playing this stupid ass video game, for a week, or for a month, 
Uh, so I'll start with a week if you really can't get in the gym. Challenge yourself. Work out for seven days straight and then tell me you don't feel incredibly different after those seven days. And that's because you start changing. Your identity changes. So awareness is always imperative. Is what what is going on here and is it sustainable? There's nothing wrong with early recovery being joyous and free and short-lived. Yeah, that's how I felt early in recovery. I woke up feeling free, you know, because there was a lot of contrast, especially in waking up. You wake up after so many years of waking up dope sick and you wake up feeling good. It's like, fuck yeah, you're happy. I lived joyously for a time because I was just grateful for, to no longer be dependent on heroin. And that increased my belief in whatever I could do in life. But is it sustainable? Where does your perspective lie after a year of not using drugs? Are you still grateful? I think much of that has to do with what we've built or achieved and if that's worth being grateful for. You know, and how conscious are we of being grateful? Like how deliberate are we trying to be grateful and mindful of how we're thinking? So in my addiction, all I wanted towards the end was to be able to just shop for groceries. And obviously that meant a little more than just shopping for groceries. It meant I wasn't waking up sick and I wasn't spending all the money on drugs. And I gave a shit about the food I ate to an extent, at least enough to go to the grocery store. You know, the problem was it only lasted so long. And eventually I wasn't, I'm not grateful for my freedom to get groceries when I could have been learning how to cook as well. Right? So I could have got out of treatment and for a while felt really good every time I was shopping but eventually I get used to the feeling I'm focused on other things in life and I take it for granted when I could have attempted to cook you know and if I buckle down which this is something I've been telling myself to do for the past two years is buckle down learn how to cook you know and, and then if I cook for seven days straight, I'll be like, holy shit, I can actually do it and do it well. I'll get better at it. It will be another source of me feeling good about myself. You know, you tend to get used to wherever you are. And that's just because, you know, your brain starts learning new things and new things are firing off and then it becomes automatic and it doesn't take any energy. And you use that leftover energy normally to focus on what you don't like about life. And that's the problem. Today, cultivating gratitude is a regular practice of mine. I mean, I don't, I almost have a rule for myself. I don't look outside of myself for solutions. I do my best to find solutions in the way I think because that's 100% within my control. I can always shift my perspective. You know, the same people I envied when I would watch them shop for groceries when I was getting high. I, I feel bad for these people today because they take what I assume they have for granted. And that's the freedom for sh to shop for groceries, the cognitive ability to even give a shit what they're eating or if they're eating at all. The issue with this pink cloud or honeymoon phase is that the majority of our growth comes early in treatment and abstinence, right? So we get sober, that's a huge growth. If you just look at it, like you go from doing one thing all day to doing a bunch of things to make your life better, going to work, going to P your PO, going to drug court, doing these things, your life starts getting better. 
And it feels good when before that all you were doing was getting high or trying to get high, you know. And it was like most of your day was trying to get high with one or two getting highs in there, which was just like it shows how much time was wasted. You know, our entire life changes when we stop getting high and we don't continue to push it because our life is so much better than what it was. And our biggest growth comes by not drinking and doing drugs anymore. So when in reality, the growth and its amount is 100% within our control, we could push ourselves to read, learn new things, meditate, don't settle for a job, journal, write, eat healthier, work out. You could build your house to exactly what you want your house to be. You know, if you're in an apartment, make your apartment the best fucking apartment for you. Set your environment up to just be, to make you feel good. You know, whatever else pops into your head when you silently ask yourself, how can I become better? The answers are already within you. I mean, you just ask yourself that question and really listen, how can I become better? Because the more you continue to grow, the more often you'll feel like this pink cloud isn't so far away. This phase of recovery is a phase of life and it's from contrast. I've experienced many in recovery. The first was becoming sober. You know, I next, once I had a, people, a group of people around me, I didn't feel so alone. Like the three years prior, when I was getting high and I was completely alone, and all of a sudden maybe I'm, I matter to others more than I thought I did. And that affects the way you feel 100%, you know? Then in recovery, I went from 300 pounds to 220 in like two months just by doing the keto, you know, the keto diet. And it, the weight just fell off. And all of a sudden, my identity shifted. And I wondered, like, oh, shit, if I try it something, sometimes I do it, you know. So I kind of, what else can I do? Then in 2018, I read 60 books. And uh, my goal was 20. And all of a sudden, uh, and I, to be completely honest with that, I didn't even try that hard. I just, I just started reading when I was, when I wasn't doing anything, I'd pick up a book every once in a while, you know, and just like 10 pages, 10 pages here, 10 pages there. You know, I always tell people this, if you read 10 pages a day, which takes 10 minutes a day, sacrifice 10 minutes, that's 300 pages a month. That's a 300 page book is pretty, it's an average size book, 300 pages, if not a little bit, a little bit uh, longer than the average book. And you read a book a month, 12 books a year, which is 12 times the national average. So y you can do this, and then all of a sudden, you're somebody who reads books, and that changes how you think about yourself, you know, by default, and it changes the way you feel about yourself. Because obviously, if it changes, if the way you think about yourself changes, the way you feel about yourself changes. You know, knowledge opened up my view of the world. I wasn't so constrained by my ignorance. And then I experienced another pink cloud. You know, so often I force myself into a new pink cloud by challenging myself. But that's the thing, and, and this is the key. Most of these challenges will not gratify you instantly. Most of them. The, and it's a really good rule the the challenges that gratify you easily the things that gratify you easily the things you keep going towards when you're bored 
those are probably not the good things to pursue. Those are the things you should reward yourself at the end of the day. You know, watching TV, Netflix and chill, whatever you're doing, like you know, playing video games, you know, wasting time. Earn that time. I'm not saying don't do it. Just earn it and make sure you're doing the couple hours a day that makes you feel better about you and you'll experience a pink cloud over and over and over again. So here's the ultimate question. How do you feel about your recovery right now? When I say that what I'm really asking is how do you feel about yourself right now? If you aren't doing drugs, you may feel good about your recovery, but eventually you might not feel good about yourself. Inevitably, if you don't grow, you won't feel great about your recovery or yourself. And that's not a good place to be. And we all know where that takes us. Alright, I'll try to do another one of these uh, soon. See ya.